Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. What's up? Yo, yo, what up, Sebastian? What's going on, man? Uh, two. We're we're actually it's funny. Like again, I feel like we should break this like with the fourth fourth wall, third wall, fourth wall, where we uh, give an, the audience a, a peek behind the curtain of what is our po- podcast with our new. Um, not a new format, but more of a, like a new schedule of like adjusting to the fact that we have to record on on days that we weren't necessarily used to. Um, yeah. and, and it plays a little bit more for our, with our schedule a little bit more. So um, we're recording two episodes today. So uh, we're recording one that will go out today. And then we're recording one that will go out next week. I guess we can go back to Fridays in theory. Um, you have off week. on Friday? I'm, I'm, I'm remember I'm traveling. That's the reason why. Uh, uh yeah so i'll be in tennessee going back to my uh my my tennessee knoxville days for a couple of days for a wedding um i was hoping to catch some soccer but i don't think i'll be able to uh the volunteers are away they're playing lsu that day but they're playing louisiana so so i won't be able to catch any uh lady ball games which shout out shout out to uh dover high alumni Jonathan Morgan. That's right. John Morgan's down there still. So shout yeah, out, you know, baby. <laughs> shout out, shout out to my boy Toe getting that dub against CR two one, baby. Yeah, let's uh, back to back. Let's uh, let's talk about um, let's talk about the some of the the uh, scores from uh the soccer world, boys soccer, uh, these DFA past- soccer. I finally played a game. <laughs> you finally played a game. Sorry. So we'll talk. We'll talk about you in a second. But let's talk about uh, some of the things that happened throughout the the weekend. What is it? But I think a weird season to a certain extent. Like not a weird season. Like it, it, it's just it's a it's a weird season from a. I think everything's up for grabs. Basically, um, I think potentially some of the uh some of the scores um so far have been um it, it, everything's somewhat evened out which is not a bad thing by uh, scores in terms of what you're talking high school pros college, no high school no i'm talking about high school kickers no, no 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 high school soccer high school soccer uh, i didn't know where you were going with this no, 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 soccer no. shots league i didn't know what you were talking about no 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 no, no, no. no high school high school soccer i think has been a uh, a way more competitive um, environment than I have seen potentially in the past than the boys side. Okay, I think you have some teams that that are obviously like you know really good and and will will obviously are the front runners potentially right now for the um to get into the to the tournament and and do all these things. But I also think you have some other teams that that are stepping up or the playing field is just leveled, man. That's how I look at it. I mean, Sally's is obviously, you know, the favorite every year to a certain extent or one of the favorites every year, but you know, they, they only beat careful to two nothing. They don't beat St. Mark's three to two and overtime win. Um, so that makes it, you know, um, a little bit of an interesting dynamic for things. Um, you got some teams that are, Beating other teams and losing to other teams that that makes things kind of a little out there. 
Um, like for example, the one score that that stood out to me over the last couple of uh, days is uh, yeah. So Dover High beat William Penn, right? Right. Uh, beat CR two one, which uh, CR is in a little bit of a struggle right now at the beginning of the the season. Um, but at the same time, uh, Del Castle so far is one of the few undefeated teams in the state. Uh, Del Castle beating us at Odessa this week and then beating Dover High uh, this today? morning. Yeah, today. What was one, the score on that? One nothing. Oh, that's not a bad, not a bad result. One nothing. One nothing. Two minutes in a sec, or uh, sorry, seven minutes into the second half. So no, not a not a bad result. Uh, Apo, who tied Del Castle 0-0, beats William Penn 3-0, but then loses to Cape um, and lost to Sussex Academy at the beginning of the season. Sussex Academy losing to Milford 3-2. Um, oh, upset alert. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, it's it's kind of all over, right? Milford, another one of the, the teams. Milford's that- a sleeper team, man. They're just one of those. You know, I think what you're starting to see, especially with the downstate teams, you're starting to see uh, some of these teams that, you know, they, they just have, they have those, you know, you some of these schools just end up with a class full of players that can play soccer, man. And yeah. You kind of, you kind of piece them all together. You get a solid, consistent squad. They're not flashy, but everybody knows how to play and everybody understands and everybody works hard. Yeah. You got athletic kids and you just, you one of those teams, right? Um well, I think I think from a, I think upstate, I think upstate, what you're seeing maybe is, you know, where you remove some of those MLS next players out of the conversation. Yeah, you start to see, you know, where did where did teams truly lie, and, it, and it's kind of a, it's kind of disappointing, I guess, for the high school side to see some of those players not participate in high school, but at the same time, they're playing at a higher level. They're getting they're more intense training, and in the long run, it'll be better for them. And I think. You know, for CR, they're definitely missing a few players. Yeah. Um, I think, like, what, like three or four? Probably something like that. I think Apo's down a couple of players. Like, a lot of these schools are missing some of those players, which could have an effect on it. And and it kind of does level the playing field out. And I think that's why Delaware also shifted to a two-division uh, system for, for playoffs because – <laughs> um, you know, some of these smaller schools can never like Caravelle was always good, but they can never compete with the likes of a Sally's just based on enrollment and opportunities for kids. Yeah. But it's interesting, like, so for example, as we're talking about Milford specifically, um, Milford give has given up two goals in every single game that they've they've played. Uh so they beat Dover three to two. Woodbridge four to two, Sussex Academy three to two, as we talked about before. Lake Forest only three to two, so all close games to a certain extent. And then Lake Forest is a team that's two four and one right now. Um, they lost three nothing to Dover, lost two to three to to Delmar, lost two to one to to Polytech, tied Woodbridge one nothing or one one. So it, it is an interesting dynamic for sure. I think what you're also potentially seeing especially when you look at it from a Del Castle perspective, that's a team that, that I've, I, we played this week and, and they're very, very good. Um, they're consistent. Let me rephrase that. They're, they're a consistent team. I think they understand what they want to do and they, they have a distinct style of play to them, which makes it really hard to beat them. 
Um, it's no coincidence that they've played eight games, which is probably the most amount of games that anyone's played at this point. Um, they've played eight games and only given up three goals. So it's it's not a coincidence that that's part of it. They're very good defensively. Um, but at the same time, it's a team that that going back to 2020 to a 2020 season was was three and nine. Yeah. So you're not talking about a team that's like, again, historically has had all these things. You're talking about a team that, you know, a couple of years ago was was a struggling team to a certain extent, or you know, potentially maybe not a playoff team. You know, they were they had some good years in the the late twenty tens to a certain extent. But that twenty twenty season was was a bit of a struggle. Um and then you gotta look at their academic program though, because Del Castle is not a school that you uh feed into right that's a school right. that you uh you know apply to go to it's a vocational school that's right I mean, it's kind of like polytech right where where polytech has some good years because you know the kids that st. are george's. choosing to st george's the kids that are choosing to go to these schools are going there for an academic program and they just so happen to also be soccer players yeah. right so um you know they might have been three and nine and the kids that were on the soccer team you know may have been more focused on you know something else on a, on their trade or whatever so yeah i think with those vocational schools it's always you know you're always on the lookout to see hey are they up or are they down this year yeah um and it's and it's a matter of of you know that core you know del castle's core in 2020 may have all been fresh yeah and now in 2020 fast forward to 2023 this could be you know they could be juniors or seniors or you know, I'm not really good at math, but yeah, maybe they're seniors. 2020, 2021, 2022. Yeah, this could be their senior year. So now they're they're older, you know, they're taller and stronger, and and you know, they're just you know physically more superior than than their opponents. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there is a difference between a you know having a starting freshman in the midfield that's you know 100 pounds soaking wet five foot six versus when he grows into a senior he's six foot three he's 150 pounds he's bulky he's strong you know that could be the difference oh for sure 100 percent. i think i think it's that's a big it's a big part of it um shout out to uh brant perry going down the highway past him going south now he's going back north <laughs> <laughs> second time seeing brant perry today so brant if you listen to the podcast just passed you in uh going past Magnolia. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> can't miss can't miss the duck mobile, can you? No, you definitely can't. Um so speaking of the ducks, um huge, huge win on Tuesday against Concord. Um first time we've the first time the boys have ever been uh Concord uh in the in the four years that they've potentially played them. So it's a huge, huge win for them. Um and and then a tough loss against Del Castro, as I said before. Uh, and then we look to play Middletown uh, this coming Tuesday. So by the time we record the next podcast, I would have played like four other games at this point. But um, so it'll be it'll definitely be interesting to see how we do against Middletown. Um, you know, hopefully we can we can be the first team in the school to beat one of the other district uh, schools. So between you know Middletown and Apo, um, Odessa has never has never. And the few times that we've had to play them, um, uh, Odessa has yet to beat them 
in a in a team sport. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can we can take care of business and make a little history uh, in the in the process as well. It's also our B positive game. So uh, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Yeah, um, yeah. Soccer is a good sport to choose to try to beat Middletown in because uh, Middletown football is. Yeah, different. and I think and and we talked <laughs> about this, we talked about this recently actually with the boys. Um, it's a process, right? Like it, it, you got to start somewhere. Um, and it's a, it's a, we're not there yet. Right. So it's a, it's that like growth mindset mentality with it and, and kind of the same idea, right? Like we, we weren't good enough to beat Del Castle yet. Um, so can we, can we grow? Can we learn from the game and, and kind of move on from it, um, and take the positives and work on the, the needs of improvement, but ultimately not, not letting the process, um, be overshadowed by the result, um, and I think that's a big part of it. And, you know, it's a learning, learning experience for all of us. And we're still a really young school, right? Like this is the, the school, this is, this is its fourth year. So we're still trying to figure out who we are. We're still creating identity with certain things. Um, so it's a, it's a good opportunity for, for the boys soccer program to, to kind of take the step in that direction and, and kind of set the tone, set that culture or, or things like that. Um, in a fun rivalry, right? And it's kind of, I mean, that's the emphasis is fun, right? It's, it's a game. Um, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a lot of the kids that you potentially grew up with. Um, that uh, you, I don't know anything. I don't think any rivalries are fun. No, I think it's fun. I think, sense, but I think it's fun. I you can, I don't think you can put those two words. I don't think they work together. Why not? It's like saying mud is clear. No, but I think, but I think it's it's something that you want to look forward to, right? I think it's you, somebody you want to play, right? There's teams that you want to play every year because of the competitive nature of the game, and I think that's that's my at least my thought process of fun. Um, it, it has nothing to do with winning or losing to a certain extent. It's it's just the idea of the competition of it. Um, no, no, rivalries are about winning and losing. They are, but they are, but but they are, but do you not want to play them every year? I want to play them every year, and I want to beat them every year. But that's my point, right? That's what's fun about it. Like you don't find anything thrilling about that. No, I'm trying to take the other guy's head off. Okay, taking that example aside, I also think it's a for me. It's a thrilling, it's a thrilling thing. I want to play that game because it is a fun experience. Like it, it's a it, at the end of the day, it's a game. So games are supposed to be fun, um, and it is an enjoyable experience. To have that competitive, um, you know, setting, so it's kind of how okay. I look. I mean, I just want to win. I want to take the other guy's head off, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I want, I want the smoke. Speaking of smoke and winning, uh, how was your first official game at DFA? Well, it wasn't. There was no smoke. Okay, we did not start a fire. Missed? Um, no missed. <laughs> It was like a like kiddie pool, what I would compare it to. Okay. Um, it was tough though. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It just logistically, you know, um, I had to go through some things before the game, yeah. um, which kind of hurt the time to warm up. And warm up was rushed. No fault to ours, but it was just it was just very difficult to get the game. Yeah. Start or just get things in place to even play the game. Um, so, I mean, once we got out there, we came out very flat, wasn't really good. Um, and it was one of those games, you know, when you two minutes into the first half, you're like, man, I can't wait until halftime. 
Yeah. And I just, I literally kept looking down at my watch waiting for halftime. Right. Um, to make some adjustments. One, to ring the kids out. Um, <laughs> and then two, to make adjustments. And um, so once I made adjustments, you know, we went from a 4-3-3 into just a old school, back in the day, Bruce Arena-esque 4-4-2. Okay. You know, the, one of those 4-4-2s? Yeah. Yeah, we went into one of those 4-4-2s and um, really had to play in survival mode. We really played down to our opponent's level. I was disappointed by that, but we really had to go into survival mode to to get the grind out the result. We ended up winning one nothing. Um, So hopefully we can bounce back, you know, next week at our tournament because we only got one game in before yeah before our first tournament unfortunately our other opponent forfeited which is very disappointing um it is yeah i mean it's you know that's that's a topic for another episode you talk about you know why travel soccer why, why are we here for travel soccer and you know you know travel soccer is not perfect everybody's not fortunate to play at you know 12 o'clock noon one o'clock I can yeah. expect it to travel when you, you know, your opponent doesn't want to travel because it's too early. That's just not, it's just not feasible. Um, yeah. But we, uh, you know, we'll bounce back. You know, we had a good session this week. Well, kind of. Um, it's not good when someone has to start your session and when they when you finish them or he finishes with them, he says, if they didn't, if they didn't just play a game, they would have ran. And I said, "Oh, it's going to be one of those." And so, what did I do, anyways? I ran them. But I mean, that's. I mean, I've come to learn that down here at DFA, that's the expectation. Though, not, I mean, not to run kids, but right. to demand and produce results and and have kids be successful and and be accountable for their their strategies and stuff like that so yeah next weekend we're going out to the virginia beach fall classic or something like that i don't know what it's called. Uh, we're heading down to virginia beach though okay well there you go. Go, though. it's a four-hour drive and my first game is not until noon so i might actually drive down saturday, saturday. yeah saturday morning and then hit the road um yeah it's an easy it's an easy we'll see not much to it uh not really easy because why not? You got to ride Route 13. You got to ride Route 13 with all the lights. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, there's not like, you're not you're not doing a ton of like switching directions and this and that. You're just literally just going south. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. You got to take the lights, and I also hate bridges. And they got like a what is that bridge? Like 14 miles. It is, but the upside of that Long. bridge is that is that it's not like it's not super high. It's relatively low to the ground or to the water, I guess. Okay, that doesn't make it any better. Oh. Gives you less time, less time to do damage control. I would listen, man. If I'm falling off a bridge that's really high, I don't know that I can do damage control. It's just a little brace for impact. I feel like you have more of a chance if the bridge is lower because it's less damage to the car potentially. Your car, if your car is going into the water, car is damaged. It is, but but if you're going from a foot into the water, is different than if you're going from you know a thousand feet into the water. So, I don't know. I'm not a physicist or an engineer, for that matter. So, I don't know what the correct thing is. Uh, all I know is that I, I get you what you're saying. I don't particularly like bridges either. That one is not. Like, I'm I'm way more nervous with the Bay Bridge. 
Oh, dude, I hate the Bay like, Bridge. Like in Annapolis, yeah, it's not great. Yeah, I don't like that bridge. No, at all. No, not at all. Especially now when it's uh down to one side of the bridge and you got to go. Oh uh, no, I don't do. I don't. I don't fool with that. Um, you got to drive on this side type thing. I don't do that. Nope. This nope. this side. Nope. This side while the other car's coming the other way. Yeah, it's great. No, I, I don't. I don't do that. I yeah. don't play those games. Fantastic. Um. All right, well, well, good luck, man. I, I, I hope, uh, I hope things go well on your first official like trip with DFA too. Yeah, it'll actually first be away game, first away game, first trip, first trip. Well, it'll be the first tournament for everybody in the DFA. That's good. That'd so cool. we've got we've got teams going south down to um, Virginia Beach. We got teams going north to Copa Classico, which is up in Lancaster. We've got a team going out to. The SAC Columbus State tournament out in Maryland. So we got teams kind of nice branching out. It's good. Good stuff. Um, all right. Well, I wanted to talk about three different things before we wrap up the episode. Um, uh, uh, just more from our informational stuff, just just to talk about a few things. One, uh, US women's national team um beat South Africa in both their games that they had last week. Uh Thursday, three nothing. Um, and then Sunday, two nothing. I watched a little bit of that Sunday game and you know, it's, it's what kind of you expected from the women's national team. Um, after the world cup, you expect them to kind of bounce back and, and be better than the, than their opponent, which they were. Um, uh, Trinity Rodman and Emily, uh, Sonnet scored for, for the U S in the second game. Um, and also got to see me official for the first time ever. Um, which is uh which is kind of cool. Uh recent signing for uh for Chelsea, um, who played her collegiate career at UCLA, um, and then went down to Tigres to Mexico. Um, and she was the top goal scorer uh in a year. She scored 38 goals in 48 games. Um, in the one tournament she played, she scored 17 goals and 17, 17 appearances. Pretty amazing. Uh, so to, yeah, she was the first, uh, foreign player to win the Liga MX Femenil Golden Boot. So, awesome. so, so it's kind of cool to see her and it'll be awesome to see what she does, um, at Chelsea, uh, now under Emma Hayes. Um, I think it'll be really good for her. I think it'll be really good for the United States to have a young forward that's now playing overseas, and um, and she's she she's gonna be she's gonna be somebody that hopefully will add a lot of um, depth to the to the U.S. Women's National Team, and at the same time, um, potentially fill a fill a void that is at, at some point soon to come with you know. With well, I think the next four years are going to be crucial for the national team, right? Yeah. Um, just they're going to be they're going to be almost even though they made the World Cup and it wasn't the result they wanted but they're almost going to be like how the men were when they missed the World Cup in 2018 like they're going to have to start with a large player pool and then start to trim that player pool down yeah Um, just like the men were right and the unfortunate part is I don't think there's really as much competitions no, next year you have the Olympics you have the Olympics, right? So you have that, but I don't, you know, I guess the unfortunate part is that the Olympics are next year. They're not, if it was two years, it'd be a little bit better. But I think, but I think once they figure out who the coach is ultimately going to be, unless it's, unless it's, 
Um, you know, if ultimately it's going to be Twilight Kilgore, then great. Um, but if not, then then whoever the coach is um, needs to figure out. You know, how do you make that that Olympics roster have a almost a rebuilding look towards twenty um, twenty? Was it seven? Right, rebuilding look without rebuilding. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, have it have it ready for 2027. You know, you're three years away at that point. Um, can you can you prepare? Can you prepare right? And and uh, Mia official is the perfect example. She's 22 years old right now. Um, you know, four years from now she'll be you know 26, potentially in a really good spot. You know, Kat Macario will hopefully be be back soon and ready to go. And then same thing with Trinity Rodman is is going to be you know the future of of the women's national team potentially. Right. Like, so that's what you want. Um, you want this, this new, new wave of players to start coming in and hopefully start making an impact on the team now in the games that they'll have to then prepare for the, for the Olympics to then prepare for the world cup in, uh, in 27. So, um, all right. Um, I've now probably set, uh, two podcasts, uh, records for today. First oh, time yeah. recording in my car. First time recording your car. Okay, what else? Now I'm recording via golf cart at Delaware Turf. Now you're recording via golf cart. First time, yeah. first time the podcast has been on a golf cart. Yeah, that's that's well, fun. You know, it's luxury of working somewhere with a golf cart. Um, I was gonna sit down. There's two. Well, there's some lacrosse workouts going on over here. The lacrosse goalkeeping training. I'm actually interested in going to go watch that. Okay. Just as a change of pace. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me, do you remember when we were at WAGS a couple years ago and we saw the yes. keeper only workouts? Yes. So very similar format with like keepers working with keepers and a lot of keepers yes. working with each other and like doing a lot of ball work. So I'm interested to see correlations, like the correlation and what they're doing and how we can have more of that in our game. Yeah. It'd be fun. And then we've got the, 2014 DFA girls getting ready to play the 2014 River Girls. Oh, uh, they're sitting behind the bench. I was going to say, I don't even know where these girls just went. <laughs> they might be coming with the smoke machine or something. That's funny. <laughs> and then we've got uh, the 2010 girls getting ready to kick off against nice. an opponent. <laughs> an opponent. Me, so. Okay. I don't know who that is. It's not, they got the same colors as River, but it's not River. Uh, Baltimore Bays, maybe? I don't know. Okay. Um, well, I wanted to talk about Alexis Becca Becca. Um, uh, uh, he he made the news, unfortunately, um, this past week. Uh, so he plays for Nice, and uh, he he was threatening to commit suicide. Um, he was on a he sat basically at the edge of a bridge for for a few hours. Um. 22 year old that that signed for Nice in 2022 from from Lokomotiv Moscow. Um, uh, luckily, he he obviously didn't 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 commit suicide. Luckily, they were able to you know legitimately talk him off the ledge. Um, and now he's hopefully in the recovery to to you know to to get better and and find the the help he needs. Uh, according to the reports, it's had to do with something with some sort of a romantic breakup um, that didn't cause them to to have those thoughts. So, um, again, this this kind of 
at times, unfortunately, but at the same time, um, I think it brings light, it sheds light into, into the world of sports in general, that professional athletes, even though the, you know, this, this is a player that, you know, was worth 12 million euros a year ago. Um, or at least that's what his transfer fee was. Um, have problems just like everybody else and are affected by things just like everybody else. So I think sometimes it it puts things in perspective um because they're ultimately doing a job. Um and I and I find this I find this I found a reflective like thought process when it when this story hit based on some of the feelings I've had with going to the Philadelphia Union games this year of this uh this thought process of like yelling at people um constantly during the game and i think there's a difference between a chant and you like physically yelling at somebody um specifically like by name and things like that like nowhere else does this this is this a thing that's that's possible except for sports right um and i think that's the hardest part like imagine you trying to work right so uh doing you and i are both teachers imagine the concept that as we're teaching uh, someone's yelling at you through a window uh, to do things better or to 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 teach faster or to uh, make sure the the content sticks more with the students or things like that. Like nowhere else do we allow this except for sports. And I think at a certain point, you need to come down to my school, man, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, like, but like, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, I mean, there's there's circumstances. There's circumstances for sure where potentially those things happen, but it, it is a different story. Like when, like you don't expect someone to sit there and berate you doing your job. Right. Um, we don't find that's acceptable potentially in any, in any, um, in any uh, work scenario, except for whatever, whatever reason sports. Um, and I think, I think it's potentially time that we, well, you know how to fix it. Do I know how to fix it? You want another strategy to fix it? Uh, no, go ahead and lend me. You got to take alcohol out of it. That's potentially one way to do it. I'm just um, saying, because yeah. you think about it. I mean, sure, it happens at youth sports and, you know, there's not alcohol sold at any youth sports events. Yeah. Oh, scoot. Oh. You're good. It's a golf cart talking to you. Got a got a talking golf cart. <laughs> Dwayne's got Dwayne's got you one. Of the, pay. Most, if a, the ultimate frisbee championships are out here, and oh, nice. uh, you got to pay ten dollars to park. Oh, or you will be towed. Or you will be towed. Okay, got it. So um, they're kindly reminding those people pay your ten dollars. Nice, nice. But if you're on the soccer side of things today, you do not have to pay. Oh, that's good. <laughs> how do you how do you differentiate that with your car? Um, I mean, so we're on two different sides of the complex. Oh, okay. I got it. That's one. Um, the other piece is, is if you do get a ticket, you just need to send it into the office and they'll resend the ticket. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. Um, all right. So you take alcohol out of the equation, right? That's yeah, you take alcohol out of it, man. I mean, I think part of it is, you know, fans get rowdy. You know, it's just like, it's like, why do you, why do you have fights outside of bars? Well, there's alcohol involved, right? Yeah. If, no, if you don't have people, for the most part, fighting outside of daycares, 
Yeah. No alcohol in daycares, right? So I think like alcohol is a part of it, but again, alcohol, you know, when Budweiser puts in millions and millions and millions of dollars no, for, sure. for the World Cup, you're not going to take away alcohol. And well, maybe, I, and I wasn't at the World Cup, but maybe the World Cup this year in, in Qatar or last year in Qatar was better. Maybe the fans weren't as rowdy. Yeah, I think, I think it's so, I think it's so difficult to, to pinpoint um, what the cause of it is. I, I understand it's the idea of frustration and the passion and everything else. And that adds a le- element of why we like sports to begin with. But I do think that there's a line that, that we don't, we shouldn't cross because we can't get to the point where we forget that the, that the person we're cheering for or going to watch um, is a, is a human being. And we also can't forget that that's also a person that um, doesn't realistically doesn't owe you anything, even though you paid for your, for an admission ticket to it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's just the culture, that person. Right? And I, mean, I, think, I think it's the culture of being in a stadium too. You think about yeah. it but i mean um, it's not it's not a yeah, but it's also a cultural thing from a society standpoint too like and, and i'm not saying just the united states i'm talking about across the world um you know or or potentially within the united states just because that's where i frequent obviously the most the most amount of sports but um like even even simple things right you see in the world cup right japan usually you know one of the things that uh japanese fans um are known for is the fact that they you know go around with garbage bags and clean up things and and all these other things that's a cultural thing right whereas in the united states for the most part you'll see people leave this stuff on the field like on on their seats um which you know we can we can sit there and argue whether that's right or wrong but but that's that's a cultural thing right um and i think yelling at yelling at players whether it's soccer tennis or you know football people people don't yell at tennis matches people yell at tennis in between points yeah absolutely in between points though in between points yeah from a cultural standpoint it's the same with golf right you don't you don't yell um so so i don't know it's little things like that that and i know i'm i'm kind of in a soapbox right now but but it's little things like that that when when um when stories like you know becca becca's uh story comes out you it puts things in perspective a little bit more and you go realize that you know that person that you're yelling at is also a person that just like you has problems uh issues fights had good days bad days all 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 sorts of things so yeah i mean i think the tough part the tough part i think the tough argument is that you know and you know, loud crowd environments is part of the job description. Uh, I mean, obviously, saying things aren't, aren't that are inappropriate aren't part of the environment and part of the description. But it's one of those things you got to learn. I mean, if you got to learn how to play in a loud crowd, you got to learn how to like kind of tune those things out to be able to. Yeah, but I think there's a difference between. I think there's a difference between the idea that, like, listen, when when Alan Velasco scored against the Philadelphia Union, and for the next like you know 10 minutes or whatever anytime he touched the ball people people kind of booed or made noises at him and stuff like that i think it's different then that's that's the idea of creating this home field advantage that is to me is different than somebody yelling you suck or or you know or even or even philadelphia i heard philadelphia union players or philadelphia union fans say this about the team of like 
you suck or you need to run more or things like that. First of all, listen, knucklehead, there's not a single person that's that's waiting for you to figure it out. Like you, you weren't we didn't know what to do. Jim Curtin had no idea what to do until you decided to sit in section 114 and decided to tell Ura that he needed to run faster. Well, thanks, genius. Well done. Uh, like no, like obviously like section one four. That sounds like a section one fourteen problem. Oh, it's a hundred percent is. It's an absolute circus. One twenty one, one twenty one, one twenty one loves Michael Ura. So no, I'm just saying. In we general, would never say it. We would never. We would never talk bad. No, I just. But but even but even but even but even even just even just that concept that you're like, you're like cross it, shoot it, do this, do that. Like, come on, man. Like. I get it. I sit in front of the TV and I do the same stuff and I like that at home and I get that part of it. But also like you're enjoy it for what it is and, and just and, and also realize that you're not in front of your TV, that you're in front of a live studio audience. If you want to call it that, or you're in front of everybody else. Um, and just because you yell it louder, it doesn't mean that any single player potentially hears you or cares about your little comment or tip about what they should be doing in the field. Because realistically, if you were that good, if you were that that like that soccer brain that the world was missing, you wouldn't be in section 114 sitting with the rest of us. Like it's just what it comes down to. I know, I know it's mean or rude to say and things like that, but but it drives me bananas when people sit there and start yelling at players on while they're while they're playing, and especially to yell out run faster. Yeah, because that's what he's doing. He's taking it easy. And you're the yeah, first yeah. person to recognize the fact that he was going as slow as he possibly could, yet he's got a little more in the tank. Or, oh, you should have shot it better. You know, I've yet to meet a player that shoots the ball not aiming for the goal on purpose. Like, I, I've never met that player, especially in a professional setting. I've never met a player that just shoots it and goes, I want to miss this. I want to miss this. Like, I don't know, man. It's, it's, oh, no, on to the next topic. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We, it's probably a good idea. It's probably a good idea. Uh, player of the match. Thanks for talking me off that. Uh, that's what Buck needs, needs to go. Uh, my player of the match goes to Sydney Cummings. Uh, Sydney Cummings, uh, just signed with, uh, Celtic. Uh, she's coming off of, um, being uh with the San Diego Wave um but she had she had been loaned out uh to Australia uh and then uh, when she came back um she's now playing she's now just got signed with Celtic uh cool little connection to Sydney Cummings uh former UWS player for FC Copa in Jersey uh, and also uh, a sibling connection to one of my wife's former students. Um, yeah, so that's a stretch with a connection there, buddy. Not really. Not really. My wife was literally talking to her former student who was <laughs> talking about Sydney and we're trying to get her on the podcast because she also just started a podcast. Gotcha. So there's definitely a connection and I'm going to I'm going to give it I'm going to give Sydney's uh I'm going to give Sydney's uh podcast a little plug as well. Uh Sydney's podcast is called Megd. Uh a women's uh Megd, a women's soccer podcast. 
So it's Sydney Cummings and uh, Abby, Abby, Abby something. Yeah, Abby's an attacker. Sydney's a defender. So, uh, so yeah. So a Meg, uh, Sydney. Sorry, Abby, Abby Carcio and Sydney Cummings. Uh, Megged a women's soccer podcast. So, shout out to them. Oh, I got a couple player that matches. My first one is the most recent one. I was hoping it was going to be my cousin. She was going to score a goal. <laughs> um, she kicked it right to the keeper. Right back academy is about to open back up. <laughs> um, no, first one's going to go to number fourteen on this uh or this twenty fourteen team. Oh yeah, absolutely cut. She absolutely cut this girl up, finessed, rolled the ball into a corner, didn't shoot it, rolled it into the corner. Yeah. Goal. Just like there was some maturity with that finish. Nice. She's a little teeny thing out here, too. She's not. Oh, she's asking for the ball. Ooh. Yeah, she's not a bad little player. <laughs> I don't know uh, when 2014 ODP trials are starting, but she's got my first. She's first one on years. the team. Well, she's on the team. All right. Second one's going to go out to Caleb River uh, High, scoring the game winning goal against CR. Got ice in his veins. Um, this I is, he was Caleb, do it this is a Caleb that we know? Yeah, Caleb we know. Oh, nice. I thought him. he was going to do it on a free kick, pull my camera out because he was dripping the ball. Yeah. And he was knuckling a couple of these free kicks. I thought it was going to be a sick free kick. Let's see if I get the kid on ESPN. <laughs> um, but it was just a breakaway. Finesse finish into the goal. Um, oh, good save. Third one goes and go out to my other cousin, Polina. Scored a nice little goal this morning. Uh, so, yeah, all these goal scorers out here. Nice. Goals of the week. So, if you scored a goal and I missed you, you didn't invite me to your game. <laughs> um, all right. These September- were all good goals. <laughs> nice. September- I, don't want, I don't want any bad goals. <laughs> September 30th, 2006, uh, Joey Barton, uh, former Manchester City player, uh, was in the headlines because he dropped his pants and showed his uh, showed his butt to Everton fans uh, in a 1-1 draw at Goodison Park. Uh, he was fined. Uh, he was fined 2,000 pounds at the time. Is that for- it? Yeah, apparently all you guys, yeah, 2000, 2000 pounds for just showing your butt. <laughs> if I knew that, I'd be showing my butt a lot more. <laughs> I would use the synonym for butt. <laughs> <laughs> then I, th- I think you got to be careful with the idea of what, of what you say, considering you coach kids. Um, I'd definitely be careful with, with, with the concept that. You'd only be fined two thousand pounds. I think if you're a professional I mean, soccer player, that's potentially where the fine is. There's kids at the game too. What if it was kids' night? I mean, maybe. I mean, in theory, and it's. I mean, most days it's kids' night, right? Like it's it's the idea that like you know most families go to games and things like that, especially in England. Um, but oh, yeah, no. don't be. Don't depends be, on it. Depends on the context. It might have to get my have to get my point across. That's a that's a PSA that's good for anybody. Don't don't go out there showing your butt <laughs> in soccer fields or anywhere. Tell your kids, tell your kids they're playing bad, playing like some butt. Drop your pants. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Tell no, them we, they might get the point. We don't. <laughs> we don't. We, we don't need any naked apples out here. Coach um, is a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. 
Um, all right. Uh, all right. So, um, oh uh, fair play of the week. The dance. Fair play of the week. I didn't hear anything. Oh, good. I know uh, who my fair play of the week isn't going to. Who? The person that brought one of those uh, noisemakers to this U10 Pro School. <laughs> That's funny. They just scored a goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm giving up a player of the match to people who scored good goals. Okay. This wasn't a good goal. Um, all right. My fair play of the week goes out to uh to the Odessa Boys soccer team uh for going out to the football game yesterday. Um for the B positive night for Odessa uh against Sussex Tech. Big win for the Ducks, first one of the season. Um, but also going out to support uh our very own Jay Maddie, who uh who's the kicker for the football team. Um, he kicked a couple of a uh, couple extra points, a couple kickoffs for a big uh 37 34 to 7 win for the Ducks. So, a couple man, he was out there a lot. He was out there decent. He got, he got a couple, he might get a letterman jacket just on that game alone, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 34, did he miss one? He missed one, yeah. Oh, come on, son. He got he got he got blocked, he got blocked on one of them. Uh, now we're gonna blame the O line. No, that's literally what happened. Okay. He told me this morning. He was like, he didn't get hurt. No, 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 no. He was fine. He was fine. Yeah. It, it just got blocked. He didn't get like tackled, blocked. You know, just his kick got blocked. I'll, here's a here's a funny story about football players and tackling. So okay. I, I my good friend Paul Kim now lives in Korea. He had to go back once he wasn't in school. Okay. Lived in America for a while. But he kicked on the football team our senior year. We're playing Sally's. Yep. And he kicks it off and Sally starts running this back and, and they're going to run it back to the house. Except Paul Kim, who wasn't supposed to do anything, comes in and tackles now NFL player Troy Reader on the kickoff turn. Wow. Yeah. Put that on your Troy resume. Reader. Right? Put that on your resume. <laughs> I don't know that any NFL teams are calling it, call them <laughs> to play linebacker or anything. No, I'm just saying, put that on your resume of life. Like I once tackled an NFL an NFL player. Yeah, so that's just a good res. Like that's a good like that's a good trivia question for. That's a good trivia question of your life, right? Or it's like one of those things, like uh, two truths and a lie. Yeah, there you go. Like it's like yeah. an NFL player. He probably doesn't even realize he tackles an NFL player. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you do. <laughs> Well, only because like whoever I was sitting next to at the time was really fangirling on this, on this uh, kid. Okay, like she knew his whole life story. I was like, well, why don't you go sit with his parents? They still marry you. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. Mm-hmm.